0: Hi, I'm Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Bible in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's voice and live life through the lens of Scripture. The Bible in a Year podcast is brought to you by Ascension. Using the Great Adventure Bible timeline, we'll read all the way from Genesis to Revelation, discovering how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. It is day 26. This is our last day um, in the book of Genesis and our last day with our friend Job. Uh, We're gonna be reading Genesis chapter 49 and 50, Job 41 and 42, and Psalm 17. If you want to be able to follow along with this, you can download the Bible in a Year reading plan by visiting ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a Year. I will be reading from the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic Edition. Um, I'm actually using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension uh, for the reading. Once again, we are gonna be reading today from Genesis 49 and 50. This is our final step, not only in Genesis, but also in the period of the patriarchs. If you're following along with the Bible in the year reading plan, you know that we went through the early world for the first five days. That was Genesis chapter 1 through 11. And then we started with the patriarchs, and that's Genesis 12 through today, uh, Genesis 50. Also, in that same time frame, we have the book of Job. So, again, once, I, once again, we're reading Genesis 49 and 50, Job 41 and 42, and Psalm 17. Genesis 49. Then Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you what shall befall you in days to come. Assemble and hear, O sons of Jacob, and hearken to Israel your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the first fruits of my strength, preeminent in pride and preeminent in power. Unstable as water, you shall not have preeminence, because you went up to your father's bed. Then you defiled it, you went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers, weapons of violence are their swords. O my soul, come not into their counsel. O my spirit, be not joined to their company. For in their anger they slay men, and in their wantonness they hamstring oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he lurked as a lion, and as a lioness, who dares rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Binding his foal to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washes his garments in wine, and his vesture in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Zebulun shall dwell at the shore of the sea, he shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall be at Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey, crouching between the sheepfolds. He saw that a resting place was good, and that the land was pleasant, so he bowed his shoulders to bear, and became a slave at forced labor. Dan shall judge his people, as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels, so that his rider falls backward. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. Raiders shall raid Gad, but he shall raid at their heels. Asher's food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. Naphtali is a deer let loose that bears comely fawns. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a spring. His branches run over the wall. The archers fiercely attacked him, shot at him, and harassed him sorely, yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, by you, the God of your father who will help you, by God almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breasts and of the womb. The blessings of your father are mighty beyond the blessings of the eternal mountains. The bounties of the eternal hills may be on the head of Joseph and on the brow of him who was separated from his brothers. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, in the morning devouring the prey, and at evening dividing the spoil. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each with blessing suitable to him. Then he charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field at Machpelah, to the east of Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought from the field of Ephron the Hittite to possess as a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is in it were purchased from the Hittites. When Jacob finished charging his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for it, for so many are required for embalming. And the Egyptians wept for him seventy days. And when the days of weeping for him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, I speak, I beg you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I am about to die. In my tomb which I have hewed out for myself in the land of Canaan, there you shall bury me. Now therefore let me go up, I beg you, and bury my father, then I will return. And Pharaoh answered, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his households, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as all the household of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's household, only their children their flocks and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen. It was a very great company. When they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a very great and sorrowful lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. When the inhabitants of the land of the Canaanites saw the mourning on the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Therefore, the place was named Ebel Mizraim, It is beyond the Jordan. Thus his sons did for him as he had commanded them, for his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field at Machpelah to the east of Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite to possess as a burying place. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us, and pay us back for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Forgive, I beg you, the transgressions of your brothers and their sin, because the evil they did to you. And now we pray you, forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he reassured them and comforted them. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived a 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, their children also of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were born upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will visit you, and will bring you up out of this land to the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath of his sons of Israel, saying, God will visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin. In Egypt. The book of Job, chapter 41 and 42. Can you draw out Leviathan with a fishhook, or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Can he make many supplications to you? Will he speak to you in soft words? Will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Will you play with him as with a bird, or will you put him on a leash for your maidens? Will traders bargain over him? Will they divide up him among the merchants? Can you fill his skin with harpoons, or his head with fishing spears? Lay hands on him, think of the battle, you will not do it again. Behold, the hope of a man is disappointed, he is laid low even at the sight of him. No one is so fierce that he dares to stir him up. Who then is he that can stand before me? Who has given to me that I should repay him? "'Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. "'I will not keep silence concerning his limbs "'or his mighty strength or his large frame. "'Who can strip off his outer garment? "'Who can penetrate his double coat of mail? "'Who can open the doors of his face "'round about his teeth in terror? "'His back is made of rows of shields, "'shut up closely as with a seal. "'One is so near to another "'that no air can come between them. "'They are joined one to another. "'They clasp each other and cannot be separated.' His sneezings flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of dawn. Out of his mouth go flaming torches, sparks of fire leap forth. Out of his nostrils comes forth smoke, and it's from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coals, and a flame comes forth from his mouth. In his neck abides strength, and terror dances before them. The folds of his flesh cling together, firmly cast upon him and immovable. His heart is hard as a stone hard as a nether millstone. When he raises himself up, the mighty are afraid at the crashing they are beside themselves. Though the sword reaches him, it does not avail, nor the spear, the dart, or the javelin. He counts iron as straw and bronze as rotten wood. The arrow cannot make him flee, for him sling stones are turned to stubble. Clubs are counted as stubble. He laughs at the rattle of javelins. His underparts are like sharp potsherds. He spreads himself like a threshing sledge in the mire. He makes the deep boil like a pot. He makes the sea like a pot of ointment. Behind him, he leaves a shining wake. One would think of the deep to be hoary. Upon earth, there is not his like, a creature without fear. He beholds everything that is high. He is king over all the sons of pride. Then Job answered the Lord, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear and I will speak. I will question you, and you declare to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I despise myself, and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, The Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken to me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, And so far the Namathite went, and did what the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job, when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters, and all who had known him before, and ate bread with him in his house, and they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand she-donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Kiziah, and the name of the third Keren-Hapuk. And in all the land there were no women so fair as Job's daughters. And their father gave them inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his son's sons four generations. And Job died, an old man and full of days. Psalm 17, a prayer for deliverance from persecutors, a prayer of David. Hear a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from the lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come, let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. A mouth does not transgress. With regard to the works of men, by the word of your lips I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths, my feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Wondrously show your mercies, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings, from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity, with their mouths they speak arrogantly. They track me down, now they surround me, they set their eyes to cast me to the ground. They are like a lion, eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Lord, confront them, overthrow them, deliver my life from the wicked by your sword, from men by your hand, O Lord, from men whose portion in life is of the world. May their belly be filled with what you have stored up for them. May their children have more than enough. May they leave something over to their babies. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with beholding your form. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. We give you praise and glory. We thank you for uh, sharing your word with us. We thank you for revealing your heart to us. We thank you for letting us journey with uh, the patriarchs, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, with Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, Rachel. We thank you for letting us be part of the story of Joseph and his tragedy, but also your triumph through tragedy. Lord God, we thank you for um, our friend Job. We thank you for what you've revealed and our journey with him and his pain, and his suffering, what you reveal about yourself, and our pain, and our suffering. And we thank you, Lord, for always reminding us that we can trust you in even the darkest times. Help us to trust you in even the darkest times. We ask this, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Wow, so there's two things I want to highlight. Uh, again, we're coming to the, this is the last day, the last day of the patriarchs, and tomorrow we're starting an entirely new journey. Well, We're continuing the journey, essentially, with the age or the period of Egypt and the Exodus. But before we go there, I want to highlight two, th- three things, three quick things. First is, um, you might have noticed that in the second to last chapter of Genesis, Israel, or Jacob, he doesn't bless his first three sons, there's a particular reason for it, but Jacob does not bless the first three sons. In fact, he blesses Judah. Judah is the fourth born, and he gives him a particular blessing. He says that the you know the mace will not depart from Judah's legs. Judah is a lion's wealth. Judah is the one. Basically, Jacob is saying he's prophesying in in many many ways. Maybe his, by his power of his blessing, this is uh, how the future unfolds. But he says that. Judah, your brothers shall praise you. And he goes on to say that the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he comes to whom it belongs. And to him shall be the obedience of all the peoples. Okay. Who does that sound like? Well, that is our Lord. It's a prophecy. It's it's actually um, what we come to understand as a prophecy of Jesus. Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah. Uh, David comes from the tribe of Judah. So David would be a prophecy of David as well, because um, David is a Judahite. Um but then later on obviously jesus is in the line of david and so that kingdom that he establishes on earth and in heaven the kingdom of heaven that jesus is christ the king uh, is a reminder and it begins here or at least it's prophesied here as well as the prophecy of king david the second thing is such a powerful reminder for all of us the very last story essentially of Joseph's story, in this last story of Genesis, after Israel dies, after Jacob dies, they bury him, right, back in Canaan, and the brothers are concerned now that, well, now our father is dead, and the only reason maybe that Joseph didn't kill us or treat us horribly for what we did to him was because our father was alive. And Joseph, hearing this, hearing their lack of trust in him, hearing the fact that they do not trust his love for them or his forgiveness of them. He breaks down and weeps. And he says this powerful line. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, that many would be saved. And this is what we know about God's permissive will, right? There's God's will is over everything. And yet we know that... um, there's God's perfect will, which is his plan A, the things he directly wills. And there's God's permissive will, which are the things he allows. Um, it's not the things he wants to happen, but it's the stuff he has allowed it to happen. Um, those are things like evil. He doesn't want evil to happen, but he allows it to happen because he wants to preserve our freedom and because he knows he can bring about a greater good. And this is Joseph pointing out that, pointing that out very clearly. You meant it for evil but God meant it for good so that many could be saved. Um, And this is the mystery of trust that we're called to enter into ourselves as well, because that is what God's calling us to do, to be able to say, okay, Lord, in all things, I trust you. um, Even if someone's doing evil to me, you don't want that to happen. You're allowing it to happen because you know you can bring a greater good out of it. Again, not because God doesn't care. Remember the refrain the entire time in the story of Joseph is that the Lord was with him and yet the Lord was with him. Here's Joseph rejected and yet the Lord was with him. Here's Joseph falsely accused and and forgotten and abandoned and yet the Lord was with him. And that's so critical, so key for us to remember this as we move on into the age of the Exodus in Egypt. Um, And the last point is from our friend Job. I don't know if you noticed this, but one of the struggles of the book of Job is that it addresses the problem of evil, but doesn't answer the problem of evil. God never gives a why of like, here's why I allow suffering to happen. Now, again, our theology would reveal to us that maybe in some wise would be um, to preserve our freedom and because God can bring a creator good out of it. That's great. But God never says why. He just <laughs> responds to Job with a bunch of questions. But he responds to Job, not just with questions. He responds to Job with himself. And this is the key of the entire book of Job. At the end of the book of Job, he says, I had heard of you beforehand, but now I have seen you with my eyes and therefore I repent and I will speak no more. Basically, the answer to the problem of pain is God himself. The answer to the problem of suffering is God himself. You know, if we had a question for God, like, God, why this, you know? And he maybe give us an answer. And then we come up the next day with a, okay, but God, why this? And he'd have to give us an answer again. But God has spoken definitively, when especially when it comes to suffering, by offering himself, and this is the mystery of the cross, this is the mystery of the crucifixion, that God could give us a reason why. He could tell us, here's the story behind everything. Or he could say, um, I'm no stranger to suffering. All that you have experienced, all that has like collapsed against you, all that has come down on your head, I have also allowed to come down on my head. That just like God responded to Job by showing Job his face, God has responded to all of us by showing us the face of Jesus, particularly the broken and rejected, the beaten and the crucified face of Jesus. This is God's answer to the problem of pain. And the answer is himself. That's the secret of the book of Job. That's the secret of our friend Job is that God does give an answer. The answer isn't logic. The answer isn't reason. The answer isn't just have faith. The answer is himself and he gives himself to us today as well. ah, My friends, I am praying for you, and I'm so grateful that you and I are on this journey together of this Bible in a year. Again, as we said, it is day 26, going into day 27 tomorrow. Entirely new page, entirely new um, period. We're going to the Egypt in the Exodus. As we say goodbye to the patriarchs, we will not say goodbye to each other. In fact, we're going to double down our prayers for each other because we know that um, sometimes things get even more difficult. Tomorrow we're starting the book of Exodus and Leviticus and continuing on in the Psalms. But today, right now, keep praying for each other. Keep praying for me. And I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.